All right, what is up, YouTube Boston family? It is I, KRAD7435, and I'm here with the one and only, the great Albanian bear, um, Rashad Mahdi. He is a current, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, welterweight fighter um, out of Staten Island, New York, right? And um, he fights under the DAZN Matchroom uh, Boxing Stable. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you are 12-0, and 0, right? Or 13 yeah, and no, 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 yeah, yeah, and um, uh, uh, that's his uh, current um, fighting uh, fighting on record for boxing, and um, he is uh, currently campaigning there to to um, to um, complete his uh, journey to become uh, great in his own current um, legacy. So, um, if you don't mind, just um, please um, like uh, like um, introduce uh, like um, yourself to the um, audience of how to get into boxing and uh, what made you like uh, continue. For the sport, um, first start off in self defense. I never really was a, a big person when it came down to it. Um, you know, I was high wise. I was really really skinny, so I was just trying to focus on mainly just um, uh, self defense and you know trying to protect myself. But you know, eventually, you know, I started loving more and more and uh, competing, doing all that stuff. So it actually made it better for me. Okay. Um... As far as your foundation of where'd you get your training from your current team that you have now, could you could you dive in to like um how'd you learn like your fundamentals and how'd you get to like the level that you're at uh, right now? Um yeah, I mean when it came down to it, you know, I like to stay loyal to my team. You know, at the end of the day, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So at the end, we just keep trying to work with what we can do. Um, fundamentals is I'm still learning today, so uh, there's always more and more to improve into your game. It just uh, you know, keep working on it, uh, repetitions to it too, and all that. Yeah, got it. Um, as far as your um, I guess like your amateur background, uh, could you dive in a little bit deep into that? Because I heard that you ran into guys by the likes, so correct me if I'm wrong. Ryan Garcia, Virgil mm -hmm. Ortiz, uh, maybe possibly Jaron Ennis, if I could be wrong. Oh uh, well, well, Jared Ennis, um, we I we always been around the national tournaments, so it was we see each other, but never really talked. Um, Ryan, I fought against Virgil, I fought against Teofimo Lopez, uh, oh, Brandon <laughs> Lee. Uh, we we all moved around when it came down to amateurs. <laughs> it was, it's it was weird, you know it's. It's weird because you see him at a different level, but it's like kind of like you knew, you knew it was gonna be like that. Yeah, because it feels like high school, like you know, like you just like run into guys that you never like um, would expect that that you would end up fighting, and then yeah, you know, fast forward to the pros, it's like you know, like it's like you guys are all grown up, and it's like your physicalities are just way different now. Um, but uh, the reason why that I ask is because um, when you did have your um, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe you did fight Ryan and Virgil um, in the amateurs, right? Yeah, uh, I fought Ryan, Virgil, Tio, Fimo Lopez, um, Brandon Lee. Yep. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Much, uh, how, how was their um, skill set then compared to now? You know, like um, when you had fought them. It, it's always going to be much different because we're older. You know, at the end of the day. Um, the older you get, the more you're going to be learning. So um, they're going to be better, you know. 
now boxing too. When in the amateurs, you never really trained crazy. Every time it was, uh, you know, you getting ready for a fight. I used to sometimes I even train, so and, and compete. But now, and professionally, you have no choice. You have to, you have to train. You have to do a full camp. Yeah. Um, what would be your standard form of, you know, training to get ready for like your professional fights? Um, like, like, um, what would be like the set standard that you would advise like a fighter to train? Um, when you get into your very first professional fight or get ready for that next fight? Oh, so in the pros, you have to make sure that you... Yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in the fights, you have to get... You have to prepare from camps. You have to do... You have to have a pressure for conditioning, uh, nutritionist. You have to have all this stuff. In the amateurs, I used to just walk around. With, I used to fight whatever way I walked around. What? I was like 49 years old, <laughs> fighting 152. So I was always a small person in the bunch. Holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was that was the way we had to do it, you know? But Oh, my God. Pros, you can't do that now because those guys from 152, they dropped from like 185, 190. Yeah, yeah. Because that's another question that I want to throw at you about your weight cutting. Um, yeah. What would be the proper advice that you would give to any fighter when they're getting ready to you know, acclimate into a particular weight class? Should they fight at their natural weight? Or if they're trying to get down to a weight that they can cut to, should it be like a in, risk in, over? In the amateurs, I believe, because obviously in the amateurs, I've done it at a young age. I'm, I'm not trying to affect my growth, trying to kill myself to cut weight. So me and my father, we just walked around and uh, we did what we needed to do. Again, we just did what we needed to do, walked around, trained, and we were ready for every fight. But in the pros, yeah, the weight cuts how to do it. I recommend drinking a lot of water and uh, do a lot of running. Conditioning helps with the weight cutting the weight is fastest. Yeah. Um, do you feel comfortable fighting at 147? Uh, what would you think that your plans are? You know, going like going into the future. So last fight I was fighting at 145. Um, it was supposed to be lower, but a lot of situations kind of messed up. We were trying to fight for this one title, WBC Youth World Title, but they wanted to do super light, not uh, uh 147, not for, not for the welterweight title. Really? Yeah. I was, yeah damn. They, they wanted me to go down to 140, so I think that's what's going to happen now. So what? But last fight I walked around, I waited at 143, so I, I can lose that extra three pounds. Yeah. But do you do you feel better fighting at welterweight or fighting at fighting at um 140? Um, as they, they like me at 140. I'm, I'm, I, I don't care. You're asking the wrong person. I'll fight anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, it seems like that the stable at Matchroom, it's not as uh, competitive compared to PBC or DAZN or whatever promotional platform. So, the reason why that I asked that is because, um, for your goal to which I, like um, I assume that um, you want all the big names. Uh, like, what would be like your current path of, of like where you want to solidify your legacy at? Uh, I definitely think that one forty would start off my my legacy. Um, that's that's the idea. You know, I can make one forty very easy. Yeah. Um, it's just me. I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I like to eat, so for me, it's a little bit different. But other than that, um, hit 140, then eventually go back to 147. Yeah. 
or you know, you never know in the future. So for right now, we're just gonna go down to 140. Yeah. Um, as far as your last fight uh, that you had, um, uh, that opponent really had like a very like dirty, you know, type of fighting style, and um, yeah. I was there, you know, at the fight for my birthday. But uh, you displayed really, really good boxing ability, Thank and um, I think what the thing is is that. Do you feel like that a lot of fighters today are not focusing on the fundamentals and they're too focused on their core conditioning and the, um, how should I say, the endurance of how much punishment that they could take, you know, in a fight versus actually mastering, you know, the actual art of the sport? I think a lot, I think nowadays a lot of people have the different mindset. It's just different styles create fights. Um, this was supposed to be my step up fight. If you guys, um, I don't know if you guys can believe that. I mean, those guys that I fought that I know had didn't have very good records. Those guys were more tougher than the the guys that had decent records. It's just all my all matters is about fights, and um, they're trying to move me along a little bit faster now than I did earlier. Which I kept telling them, I, I want guys with better records, you know. So this was a good test, and it showed that listen, it doesn't matter if their records to be the same. My job's the same, you know, so I'll make sure I get the wins and all that stuff. Yeah. Because um, I guess that the question that I wanted to, to know more about is uh, the level of opposition that you're trying to target. Um, what would be like, uh, what would be, you know, the next step for you to get closer to the world title? So that way um, we could see you in there with like, you know, like the top tens or top fives. Um. First, I know it's going to start off with I have to get some titles in. You know, uh, we're moving up in the the rounds. So, I, I last fight was supposed to be for a title, WBC Youth World, uh, WBC Youth World title. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big title, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, you have to get ranked, right? Yeah, so I can get down in the rankings. I think right now I'm 130 in the world. So, I'm still pretty high up. Nice. <laughs> nah, I'm still pretty high up. I'm already. I like to be low as possible, man. I want to get my opportunities, and then uh, I told them, "Get your guys." So I'm ready to fight each one. Yeah, because um, not a lot of fighters today want to surrender their O to uh, be great, and um, I think uh, a good example of that would be guys that are being talked in the mainstream that say that like you know they want to fight everybody but you know at the end of the day they really don't want to make the fights so i guess my question to you is do you do you have any particular hit list names that you want to go after you know in the 140 pound or, or 147 pound divisions it's so weird because they all jump around a little bit of place they either want to fight 47 or 40 or 35 so you never even know anybody's real weight anymore yeah <laughs> it's, it's so like stay in one weight class that's it um I had no that comes to mind. Obviously, the one person that I'm, everybody at 140 wants to fight is Josh Taylor. You know what I'm saying? So he has all the belts. So um, we're just gonna, we're just gonna see what. Uh, I don't want to know my food spots. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight. You know who I remind me of? I remind me of uh, Patty the Batty. You ever watch him for the UFC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, UFC fighter. And then lose the weight. That's Bro, Patty, Patty is just one funny-ass dude, man. Like, he'd be, he be making me laugh every time I hear him talk. <laughs> I don't even understand what he says. He talks so fast. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's probably me, man. I love my pizza, you know, New York pizza. Oh yeah, man. Um, I gotta ask you like about that. You know, how 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 is your struggles in New York City as a fighter? <laughs> it's uh, not very good. Not not a very, not a fun time when it comes to cutting weight. Um, yeah. Um. Do you do you ever run into any of those fighters out there like Richardson Hitchens, Bruce Carrington? Yeah, they, uh, they at the same gym I train at. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. We've been together as you know, we've been friends for like ten years. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even longer. No, yeah, probably even longer. So yeah, that's crazy. We, we were growing up there, man. B Hop, uh, you know, Christopher Colbert, uh, White Chocolate, Nikita, uh, all those guys. We, uh, did you ever run into uh, Shakur out there back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he comes to the gym once in a while. Um, oh, that's awesome. That's he's awesome. another guy I've known for a very long time, too. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, honestly, like when you like know these guys at like a young age, it kind of feels like a family reunion in a while. Yeah, especially. Like, yeah. I feel like uh, even like Ryan Garcia comes to the gym and, and, really? and does his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, my gym is a lot of guys from different places come over and, and want to do like some sparring. So we need sparring in New York. The gym is usually where we go, where people come to do some sparring. Are your sparring sessions more intense or are they like good yeah. to the level of which like you can definitely turn it up five levels higher, but like you're not going to try to like go super duper insane? No, no, yeah, we go, we go intense. <laughs> we don't do that. Oh, either. man. <laughs> we go there and, uh, Pretty much, they're going to embarrass you. That's that's pretty much that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, because um, go there because people are gonna be sitting there and, and watching and stuff like that. And your goal is sparring is to kick the shit out of the other one. Yeah, but, and then obviously no recording stuff like that. We want to keep it, you know, keep everything yeah. private. Just after the sparring, it's yo know, good stuff. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, because um, I I um I went down to the Evolution Boxing Gym down in Florida. Yeah. And um, I like, you know, I surprisingly ran into Joseph Adorno and his brother mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the uh, sparring that they do down there. That's like doghouse rules. You know, they'd be yeah. they'd be going like super hard. Like, you know, I'd be seeing- in boxing uh, in boxing. And usually most of the time the gyms, that's how sparring is. Um, but MMA is different. MMA, they don't they don't do like that. They don't. No, no. <laughs> yeah. The MMA gyms like uh, they're more peaceful. Um, yeah. um, they have they have like a better you know discipline to like you know give you give you the respect you know in the sparring. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much exactly how it is. It shows lack of respect in the in the sparring. Now, the question that I also wanted to ask um, in regards to um, your management and obviously the promotional stable with with a Dizona Matrim, what is like the goal that you're trying to get out of them, and how much longer? Do you have on your? Well, I guess first of all, is that um um, are you signed with Matchroom or uh, do you have like a certain, you know, time like a time limit with them or uh, what? No, I, I think we have um, you know, Connor's gonna end soon. I think we have one more one or two more fights. Oh, so, right. um, you talk to them if they want to resign me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think by far, you know, I was probably one of the top prospects they signed. You know, I've been winning easily. You know, yeah. I, I want to see why not. Uh, but just you got to go by who's uh, who seems like they care about you more. At the end of the day. Yeah, because um, 
I guess that the good thing that I like out of Matchroom is that you know they don't they don't hold the fighters back to go to different promotional stables to get the big no. fights. Most and, of the time, um, yeah. most of the time it's those guys that sound Matchroom stay with Matchroom. Yeah, they've been good. Um, for me, I just try to look like the most dominant one out there, you know. So I'm trying to go there, make an impression, and uh, I'd be like, "Yo, let's say I want to watch this guy again." Yeah, but um, I guess like my other question is, is that you don't mind going to other networks, you know, like the PBC or Top Rank, if you want to make that big fight happen, so that way yeah. you can become a world champion and you can start unifying your divisions. Yeah, it. A lot of people don't realize this. This is a job for us. You know, this is fun, a financial uh, a thing too. So it's not just the belts that a lot of the fighters care about. It's about them. Yeah, yeah. Playing a big fight. <laughs> you, want, you want some big money too. You don't. You don't want to fight for nothing. Because I also wanted to bring up the fact that Andre Ward he said the other day of how sanctioned bodies operate, and he made he made a good case to say why sanctioned bodies need to be taken out of boxing. And um, yeah, I guess um. Uh, um, I, um, I wanted to get your uh, point of view on this, but do you, do you think if boxing was to be operated like a sports league, like the NBA or the NFL or the NHL or et cetera, um, would that help the sport better? Or do you think that uh, the sport would be better if sanctioned bodies were completely removed and then promoters can be their own bosses, but the fighters are the ones that control their promotional careers? Yeah, because... You know, at the end of the day, if you don't sell tickets, you're not getting no crazy money either. Yeah. So, um, it's like you understand the promotional standpoint of it. You do. But it's just um, like it's hard to say how it would really work. Because sometimes these sanctions, they make no sense. They, every time you win a title, you, you get taxed every time you defend it. Yeah, that's really, really that's, stupid. That's, and that's not fair. Well, how yeah, they- that's very scandalous, too. So... Um, th- those are the situations with it too. So it's like you said, that's why you see a lot of fighters. They're like, okay, I'm gonna forfeit and go somewhere else and uh, defend my title somewhere else, or you know, fight for another title instead of defending it because you don't want to get taxed. Yeah, it's, because um, it's like that's robbery. That really is robbery. I guess a good um, I guess a good example of that would be Gary Russell and the Devin Haney situation. Um, like, um, I'm not going to go so deep into it, but just to mm-hmm. simplify it, Devin and his father and his team offered Gary extra money if if Gary was able to move up from 126 all the way up to 135 to beat him. And if he were to beat him, you would get more money. And then on top of that, he would have been next in line to fight for potentially undisputed with Teofima Lopez. Yeah. And, then that, and, and then on top of that, he would have had way more exposure he would have gotten way more money, and then let's just say if Gary beat Tio at that time frame, he could have dropped all the belts. He could either move back down to one twenty six or just move up to one forty. Yeah. So, I mean, if you use that blueprint of like a Floyd Mayweather type of uh, business uh, uh, mechanism, you can easily make a lot of money without having a belt. You just have to promote yourself and beat all all the top names. That, that's the hard part, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the top names. You know, top names will take fights, you know, regarding, uh, like, no belts or anything like that. They're going to do hard fights. So that's why they're already fighting people that are not the same level and they're champions. Yeah. All right. So what makes you think they're going to find a top name without all that stuff? Yeah, because it's like, um, like, uh, like, um, I'll just use, you know, guys like Canelo, great example. You know, like, when he fights a guy like Rocky Fielding, he'll get paid millions of dollars to fight somebody that we've never heard of. 
But then when he goes up and fights somebody that we don't know that actually ends up exposing him, like a Dimitri Bivol, yeah. then that doesn't make him look any better because... I knew Bivol was going to give him a tough problem. Uh, my father kept saying, I swear, <laughs> my father kept saying Bivol was going to be Canelo. And yeah. when he says that stuff, you know, I'd go put my house on the line. You know, because I don't know how he does. He hits it. Yeah, but that's insane. Um, uh, but I guess like the thing is, is that uh, for matchmaking, do you do you have a hard time getting like opponents, or do you have like an easy time trying to get like the names that you really want? It's they offer me a guy at this point right now. I'm like, they offer me the guy, I'm gonna take it. I I don't even look at it, you know. So I don't watch the guy's tapes. I don't. I never watch my opponent's tapes. Even if I know I'm fighting him, I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna go and be like, listen, uh. You know, whatever. Let me look yeah. at him first. I just, yeah, I'll take him. And then the commission says no. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, they, yes, you guys are the they, they get involved to say that you can't fight somebody? Yeah. Yeah, the commission so will like, be. So like, okay. New, York, New York and Vegas are probably the worst. Oh, my ever. God. That's so effing stupid. Yeah, yeah. like. So in in Vegas, so they offered me 12 <laughs> guys. Right? They offered me 12 guys. And they're all winning records, 11 and 1, 14 and 3, 20 and 7, winning records. Like, that, that shows a lot of experience. The commissioner goes and tells me that I have too much experience for them. That is some stupid shit. Because it's like. I was 9 and 0. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get this. Um, I used to wrestle in high school. And, like, you know, high school wrestling is very similar to amateur boxing, where yeah. you don't have a choice in who you face. But when you get into them tournaments, yeah. that's all smoke. All smoke is yeah. welcome. So yeah. no matter what the competition or the skill level is, that's you. You have to like you have to bring your dog to the tournaments. And even when you get up to the Olympic level or even professional level, however, like you know, if they ever have that, but yeah. that's like pure free market, free market level competition. Like everybody's level is not the same everybody just goes at it and i just find yeah. that so you know um insane that you told me that because now like it actually makes me think that uh like you know certain guys that 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 um we've been hearing on the mainstream they've been brought to a point where things are not like set in stone with how the matchmaking is set up yeah. and you know like it just feels so weird because it's like you know um um, I guess like a great example would be Cameron Duncan from Top Rank when he talked right. of like about like, the whole thing about you know no black fighters when he said that you know Top Rank they have like certain politicized you know dilemma to make sure that they have certain styles that are matched up with their you know fighter stable and right. primarily they keep their protected fighters away from dangerous styles like a black American style fighter and he said that like uh the reason why that they do that is because they want to make sure that their fighter always keep, keeps on winning and then when it comes to the point you know it's, it's hard to say it i i tend not to bring the politics to it but i i don't i don't believe in that that that, that doesn't seem true at the end of the day they always want to test you out te the promoters are testing you out that's what it is especially in the beginning processes the process they give you two, three bad fighters. 
but then they're going to try to, you know, get a tougher guy, tougher guy, tougher guy, just to see how you're going to come out. If you're able to prove yourself in those those standpoints, they'll resign you. That's how those those big promoters work. Yeah, because uh, they're not they're not trying to hide you from some a certain you know. They're not going to try to baby you. Pretty much like that. Unless you're a big big name, well, they really like you, then that was just try to like uh, dodge some some guys that think it's going to be too much of a risk. Yeah, well, I was just going to bring up like a great example with uh, Shakur Stevenson when. Yeah. He wanted Oscar Valdez to get, you know, his title. And then Top Rank decided to set up a fight between Oscar Valdez and Emmanuel Navarrete. And then they quickly backtracked that and tried to say that fight was never going to happen. But Oscar Valdez's team was wanting to get that fight, knowing that Navarrete, he's a 126-pounder. He's not a 130-pounder. But They're trying to make him extra money. Yeah. He's going to fight one of went well for him. They know that. It's, yeah. not the, it's not the promotion that they that. It's not maybe it's Delahoya too. Who knows? Because I'm not with them. But um it's probably, you know, they're 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 stable that was like, no, I, I don't want that fight because everybody knew that Chico was gonna beat them. Yeah, well how how would how would you view it? Like like um let's just say if you're at the top and let's just say Keyshawn Davis, he's right next to you. And you're going to go for your IBF belt or whatever. And Keyshawn Davis, he goes for the WBO. And you want to unify it with him. Uh, but Top Rank tries to come, you know, behind closed doors and say, hey, we can give you this fight, but we're going to try to, like, make, like, a blackball deal to you to say, if you beat Keyshawn Davis, you got to come to us. And then they're going to try to slide in, like, you know, fights that, that you never really said yes to. You know what I'm saying? Nah, they they can't force me to do nothing that I don't want to do. That's pretty much how it is, and but especially in boxing. Well, me, my standpoint, if if they have to get my approval, there's a lot of stuff that you gotta sign to get that happening. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff on my end that I have to make sure that it goes well. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to sign away my life pretty much every fight a couple times. You know, they have to sign the battle agreement. You have to sign certain things. So yeah. Um, they can't really force you to do fights you don't want to do. Can you can you explain the business of boxing like a little bit deeper? Like how how do you how did how did you start out your career and what are the prerequisite requirements to have a good stable team behind you to make sure that every fight that you make is safe, um, effective, and yeah, I'm, I have listen. I, I can say because my father's one of my main coaches, so. You know, we he tends to be like my 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 lawyer, all that guy. He's the one that sits back and, and he's the one that kind of uh, talks about it with them. Me, I'm just the the fighter. You know, I, I have a manager, I have my other coaches and stuff like that too. So once they send me a guy and like that, I send it to them and I let them talk about it, um, and let them work with it. Because at this point, my my goal is to just fight. Yeah, because like. I guess that's the problem with some of these fighters that don't take control of their careers. They let their promoters and the management do the job for them. But then, you know, but we obviously know, you know, like what happens, you know, in, in that scenario when you let somebody take, like, you know, take advantage of you. Yeah. Um, that usually ends up going down south. And then you see some of these fighters that get financially, uh, you know, screwed over for the pay that they deserve in the first yeah. place. So I guess the big question is, is like, in the future, would you rather become your own promoter so therefore you can make your own money off the back end and then 
leading into those big fights, you don't have to have, you know, that cut taken away from the promotional stable. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't pay nothing to the promoter. The promoter pays that, you know. So uh, his job is pretty much to sell the fight. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that point. I don't know. Like, I, it's hard for me to tell. At the end, I, I want to fight. I want to get the titles. That's my job. <laughs> Other than that, everybody yeah. else's job is to show different things. My job I mean, is I mean, like, that's, like, a good mindset to have, but um, – I think like I think eventually like once we start seeing you in there with like all the top names like I'm going to push for you to say that I want to see you in there with you know a guy like Brandon Lee or a guy like maybe maybe a guy like um like uh, like um Regis Progre or Subir Matias, Gary Antoine yeah. Russell all those guys that we that that we obviously want to see you in that's obviously going to come to the business table one of these days where Eddie Hearn, he's going to have to put in that big money. And then you're going to have to be like, look, give me these guys or else I'm going to have to go over to the PBC and then handle like, you know, like my business with them. Yeah. So, yeah that's the worst case scenario. Usually, but most of the time they get that piece of the pie. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, like, um, do you ever plan to go over to those networks in the future or do you just want to stay on, like stay with Matchroom forever or? You know, you know, time will tell. You know, you can't really, you know, decide, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you never know if even if you want to re-sign me. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. If that happens, then you know, you ha I have to do what I have to do. But you know, overall, we've been doing pretty well with Matchroom. So and yeah, for me loyalty is what matters the most. Um, what's the hardest thing that you go through in boxing as far as training wise? Like, like, is it more about the mental, um, like um, stress or the physical stress? It's tough because you're working twice. You're working out twice a day, you know, and plus you you you're changing your diet, so that's not very fun. Overall, all those stuff is just, they have tough situations and you have to deal with it. But uh, weight cut's not fun, um, and you, still, <laughs> you know you, you do this game, but you're, in your mind you're like, you know what, you still have 50-50 chance of you getting your ass kicked. Oh so, my god! <laughs> after every after each fight, you go in there like, listen, all this work could you know still not come out the way you want to. Yeah, do you do you focus more on your defensive abilities so therefore you can box more rather than bang it out? Yeah, I'm not a knockout artist. I tell everybody this. Everybody thinks I'm still like this knockout guy, even though I hurt everybody each fight. I'm not a knockout artist. I'm, yeah. I'm a boxer, so I want to do that. I want to move around. I want to make sure that uh, you know, I'm a hard target to hit. Yeah, because you're kind of in that same boat with um this other uh, Puerto Rico fighter that I interviewed. His name is um, uh, Luis uh, like, uh, Melendez. Um, he'll be fighting on the Gervonta Tank Davis fight card. And mm -hmm. um, um, he made a good point to me to say that why bang it out with somebody when you could just make a miss a lot? Because it's like, you know, that's what boxing is supposed to be. And, yeah. you know, people you know, like it, though. People, people like wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, people people think boxing's boxing's like, you know, like about knockouts. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's about the pure artists of the sport. Yeah. and the masterclass um work but as far as your fighting style goes you're more of a pure boxer i assume right yeah i that's how i feel um <laughs> everybody thinks differently you know so yeah people think that i'm i go in there and i'm gonna rip somebody's head off i'm just gonna whip their ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what i'm paid to do give somebody an ass whooping um 
as far as your fighters that you've looked up to in the past, who are those fighters that you have looked up to and what made you be influenced uh, through them? I was always um, um, Ulysses Chavez Sr. fan. Wow. That was my favorite guy. You know, he's the one that uh, – that's the guy I always looked up to. That's why you see a lot of the body shots that I throw. But, oh, nice. Um, nice. So yeah. he's probably one of the guys that I've looked up to. Other than guys, other than that, you know, I haven't really been looking up <laughs> to anybody else. I think all those guys now at that weight classes, you know, and so y'all, I like this guy. Man, I don't care for nobody, man. I'm I'm both on me. Yeah, because um, I'm definitely in that same ballpark. Like, like, because I'm obviously, you know, black and Puerto Rican, but I love, you know, like you know, all the Puerto Rican fighters, you know, the black American fighters like Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Joe yeah. Lewis, Jack Johnson, Foy Patterson, Tito Trinidad, Carlos Ortiz. Yeah. Um, um, Wilfredo Gomez, um, Wilfredo Benitez, uh, the list goes on. And, um, I think, I think honestly, like though, like those guys back in the day really made us like come back and say, wow, you know what? We really wish boxing was like consistent on a, you know, weekly or day-to-day basis where you're yeah. constantly getting good fights and you're not seeing anybody duck the smoke. You know, everybody should be fighting everybody, you know, on a mandatory basis. And, um, I guess, like for you um, personally, do you do you feel like you know at the state of boxing right now? Uh, do you feel like that uh, the best are not constantly fighting each other, or do you think that's like you know starting to come back to its old roots? It, it's always going to be like an um, financial reason why they don't fight each other. It's not really because of the legacy and all that stuff. They they care about what the money is. That's what that's what matters the most in the day for them. But. Um, I think now that they're going after it, now they're going to get big fights. It's tough because some situations work differently. Like Josh Taylor unified with uh, um, Ramirez, and that was a sick fight. That was a crazy fight. Yeah. Uh, so now I, I do believe that they're going back in there. They're, you know, unifying a lot of stuff. Just look at that. You have um, Charlo Brothers actually just unified. Yeah, Jamel Charlo. <laughs> um, he just unified, and that was a sick fight. And, and then, don't forget Devin Haney. Yeah, Devin Haney's unified now. I still have Cabosa's unified, so yeah, he has the the bigger belt, so he's the he's the unified belt. He has all the belts. So wait, like, like um, you think Cambosa's is undisputed? Yeah, he has he has the WBC belt. Yeah, but, 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 but wait a minute, like I thought, you know, I thought these belts don't mean anything, so. Shouldn't shouldn't you like beat the man to be the man, right? <laughs> he, he beat yeah, he beat the man that beat the man. So for him, you know <laughs> Devin Haney didn't beat nobody to get that belt. Uh so they, they gave him that belt. So, so so like what happened with um Lomachenko not honoring the mandatory for Devin? <laughs> hey, he he lost at the end of the day, he has no belt on him anymore. So for him <laughs> they, yeah. they they gave him um what was it called? The WBC? Uh, the franchise title the to franchise. get away from Devin Haney because the franchise is bigger than the than the, the regular world title. Yeah, but the franchise title is not a title; it's a political status to keep you, you know, yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, that's he still, why has, he still has a, a WBC youth. Uh, he has a WBC title <laughs> on his way, so. All right. Well, after 
after June fourth, we'll find out who like um who um who's at the real you know undisputed world champion. Yeah, I think <laughs> I have Damian winning. Uh, Devin winning. Okay. I have Devin winning. I I think he'll win. <laughs> so then, if that's the case, that he's that he's still, you know. And then Devin can throw the W the WBC franchise belt to, like you know to the trash and get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's, not, he's not. He's gonna keep it, but. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's yeah. he's gonna have all the belts, you know. The yeah. belt that everybody wants is Ring Magazine, anyway. So there's That's no Ring Magazine champion. There's only one belt in the Ring Magazine, and even that's hard to get. I thought the Ring Magazine's like a lineal status. It is, you know, but it's not anybody can get the Ring Magazine belt. So oh, that's the hardest belt to get. Oh, 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 okay. So, I mean, that's only rare just to give it out to people that have beat everybody in the division, but yeah. Um, like I said, Devin Haney got that belt, to be honest with you. He, he was selling match with me, you know, so i known him, you know, I, I know him for a long time. He's a good guy at the end of the day, you know, so, but now that they get, yeah, they get I mean, we'll, find out, we'll find out June 4th. We will find out June 4th. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a hater of Dunhini. I like them. I like them. I, I have nothing to hate. I, I have nothing to hate anybody for. So uh, I hope he does well. You know, but those guys, man, um, they 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 can talk. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, um, in regards to your nickname, the Albanian Bear. Yeah. How'd you get that nickname? <laughs> that's another story. That's like, uh, I was always the mad dog when I was younger. Um, I was never really uh, – there was never really – I never – I just had always Albanian flag on me when I was fighting and doing all that stuff. But when I was fighting, you know, I was a little more not stylish, not more technical. I was going there to try to kill you. Um, but that switched up. I got a little older. I started learning more of the fundamentals. And um, they were like, yeah, let's go. Well. And they're just like, Albanian bear. <laughs> And uh, yeah. it stuck. Then people started calling me in. I'm like, I guess I'm not being in bed now. Um, would you ever honor a fight out out in uh, um, Albania someday? I do. I do. I want Eddie. We talked with it, me and Eddie, and uh, we've considered it. So you never know. But I tell them if, if they do it, we have to do it in the summertime. We can't do it in the wintertime. Um, are there or – I was gonna say, like, were there any like previous, you know, Albanian fighters that had a good boxing legacy, or yeah, um, Alvir Morici, um, Robin Kazici. Okay. Um, Florian's doing good for Marku. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the names, Albanian names, are, are slowly going up there. So yeah, um, you know, hopefully I get to be part of that history. Yeah, because um, uh, that seems very similar to like you know, any of the Middle Eastern type of fighters out there. But uh, yeah. I uh, just figured that I asked that because, um, you know, like, like um, you seem to have like, the highest ceiling to, you know, put that, you know, ethnicity on, like, you know, on the boxing, you know, political stage. Yeah. And um, I guess like, the thing is, is that uh, do, you, do you feel like that um, when it comes to fan bases in boxing, should you be more uh, contingent to your own ethnic uh, fan base or – should you keep expanding globally so that way more oh, people can know you? Yeah, of course. You know, you want you want to be globally. 
That's the one thing. You can always rep some, a certain country that you're from. You know, you can always rep that, but it doesn't mean that you're going to only impress them. I, you know, when I fight, I want to impress everybody. I want everybody to be there and be like, listen, that was the fight that, that uh, you know, I wanted to watch. Yeah, because um, I personally think that um, you should always keep expanding wherever you fight, yeah. but never never let, let the people try to, like, bury you from, like, other fan bases that you're trying to reach out to. But, um, yeah. but like, I would, like, probably say, like, for example, like, if, if Shakur Stevenson keeps fighting in Atlanta, Georgia, for all the black people that are out there, that's good. But at the end of the day, like, you know, like, like, um, like, um, you out of like, you know, let's just say Carson, California, you know, like, um, you eventually want to see him out there one day or somewhere down to Texas or somewhere yeah. out in. Oh, of course. Yeah. I like to fight in New York because all my family's here. That's just me, my, my preference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They want to fight where they want to fight, you know. That's that's the end of the day. That's where they want to agree to. Um, if they chose me, they, they told me to fight. Either you want California, you want New York. I tell them, give me New York. I, I want New York better. So um, I guess it's certain preferences in which they like more. Maybe they have a lot of couple more family in in, uh, in Georgia than they do anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have any um, like you know preferred venues that you want to fight, like somewhere one day? Oh yeah, obviously I want to fight. In, uh, I want to fight in Albania. That's yep, obvious right there. But uh, I, for me, other than that, I fought everywhere already. I fought at Staples Center. I fought in. I fought in Vegas. I fought in. I, I all over the place. So um, venues at this point don't really matter to me. Nice, yeah. Because I read uh, like because uh, I definitely want to see you like you know on a big card one day and like you know like you can like be on that same path as like you know any other fighter that's trying to get their name out there and um i was just curious like you know like about like the whole venue situation because it's like you know yeah. depending on what promotional stable that you're with you know they just kind of put you anywhere and i was thinking like you know uh like uh, was that more of like a preference thing or that's something that you work out with the yeah i'm usually it's you want to find this card i'm like yeah yeah sure i'm okay <laughs> so for me I, I i didn't you know i wasn't really picky i was just like you know we get these fights out of the way and uh you know hopefully try to build some fan base over here nice <laughs> that's pretty much how i was and now I'm like keep me in new york i want to stay in new york yeah um like what's like the hardest thing in boxing that that um that um you tend to go through um like before and after fights um you know, just a lot of the times it was, you know, my hand tends to swell up each fight and uh, I try to give it some rest. Um, it's trying to stay, like, clean and healthy, you know, that when it comes down to it. You know, I want to make sure that my body's back to how it was because usually after these fights and these camps, you know, it, it's always not smooth. Um, it's not easy. It's not fun. Uh, you, you go in there, it's, a, it's like a hard nine-to-five day of work. Really, that's how it is. Yeah. So you just try to stay healthy and, uh, you know, bounce right back. You know, you, you don't want to take a break. It's, you know, it's better off to get those fights out of the way. Yeah, because it seems like some of, some of these fighters, especially fighters that are, like, not staying active enough, they don't really look as sharp coming back. And, uh, yeah. you know, I figure that I ask you that because, like, um, what's your standard, like, you know, window to get back in of the ring as soon as possible? 
I believe September. I think we're, we'll be back. So um, we're just waiting right there, taking a little break now, and um, okay, bounce right back. You know, so I listened to that fight. I had eight eight rounds of eight rounds easy work. You know, I won eight zero. You know, and I heard him a couple times my last fight. So uh, we're just, you know, trying to bounce back and get better. Um, what's the next uh, set of fights that 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 you're trying to aim for? Um, uh, like, are you trying to go for like ten rounders or? Yeah, I think I believe the next round next fight will be ten rounds. Um, okay. And for <laughs> a, a regional title, so good. We're just waiting on it. You know, those little titles will bring me down in the rankings, and uh, you know, hopefully, fight for a real one soon. Yeah, because like 140 is very supremely loaded, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of fighters out there, like you know Brian Norman Jr., Subriel Matias, you know, yeah. everybody. And uh, it's, tough, it's tough. Listen, why well, say 135 to 147? You know that that's the probably the, the most stacked weight classes out there right now. Yeah, because like heading up into 154 is like pretty much like a dead end zone, but it's still like a deadly division. Yeah. So. Oh, of course, 100. Yeah. Um, what's the highest weight class do you do you believe that you can get up to before it's all said and done? Before I retire? Yeah. Um high fifty four. Fifty four probably is probably like the lowest the highest I'll be. Dang. Listen, what sixty is big, man. Those guys are big. I mean, um, I was like I was taller than you like um when I first met you, but yeah, like I can definitely see it, you know. Like your body's more built like a middleweight or like super welterweight. Ah, uh, say uh, welter uh, so one sixty middleweight. That's that'll be too big for me. That, that's oh yeah, big. too big. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I'm next to Canelo, man. I, I see Triple G in person. He's a lot bigger than me. So damn. Uh, yeah, one fifty four is probably the most I'll probably do, and then yeah, uh, I call the quits after that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's the hardest punch that you've taken in a boxing fight? Like, what's like the punch that not a lot of fighters should run into? Look, it's it's tough to say because I guess there's always gonna be one person that's gonna hit you and and, and catch you. You know, um, I feel like I haven't been caught in a crazy way yet in, a, in my pro fights. I got hit, you know, my debut and there's some stuff, shots that I shouldn't have got hit with, but um. You know, in fights, I, I just try to tell everybody, try not to get hit, man. That's, that's the main rule. That's You don't want to get caught. You don't want to get hit too many times. This this sport is meant to be not a race. Yeah. Slowly get there. Slowly get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, like, you know, don't try to move it fast. And then yeah. everyone's hyping you up. Like, like I like say avoid wars. Like, avoid the wars. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm definitely seeing some fighters out of what the matchroom stable where they're trying to, like, be something that they're not, and I feel like eventually some of those fighters are going to get smoked by somebody that we don't know. Yeah, I try to lose it, but I guess that the like I guess the question that I want to ask is like, do do you do you eventually see yourself taking those bigger risks where you're going to end up being in that type of you know you know classical war one day? Uh, there's a lot of fights that have different styles, and sometimes you have to put your foot down and then. Go go back at them and, and kind of react the same. You know, sometimes you can't really move around and, and box people. So um, it's good to learn all these different kinds of styles. Um, yeah. At the time, it's usually going to happen. Sometimes they, they're going to force you to go to war. Yeah. You have no choice. So 
even if I have to go on the war and, and do it, you know, I'll do it. I'm always prepared for it. So I'm down for whatever. Yeah, because uh, I believe you're a Orthodox fighter, right? Yeah. All right, but um, do you do you ever prepare for like a guy that practices on sweatshedding like Jerron Ennis or somebody somebody to the level of like you know they're gonna try to walk you down and try to make you you know work for those shots? No, I mean you, you always have to get ready. Certain camps are meant for certain people, so I always tell people that um, you just got to get ready for it, you know, and uh, praying to God always is a good option too. Yeah. So, um, I always put trust in my camps, and it's been good so far. So I I tend to uh, you know say my favorite quote, and it's if it's not broken, why fix it? Yeah. So it's it's been good so far, and uh, you know I'm gonna keep doing camps the way I'm doing it now, and um, hopefully keep seeing success. Yeah, because I like how you uh, prepare yourself, you know, in the gym, like you know, like you yeah. like. Like um, you bring yourself to a, to a level of which, like, you know, you're always ready, and I think I think like eventually, you know, like your uh, scaling uh, ceiling will be, you know, a lot higher once you get up to the world title level because like you're constantly challenging like yourself versus like not wanting to like, you know, take on like the toughest challenges. And as long as you're keeping yourself sharp and being sharp with guys that you know we obviously don't know yet, but eventually let like, the wins themselves could age very well further into the future. Yeah, I mean, I always say like this, um, especially to the younger guys, I always say don't sign long-term and, uh, you know, make sure it's it's not a race. Don't try to push yourself over to a limit. That I see some of these guys, they're jumping up to 10 rounds already and they only have like one or two fights. And I'm like, don't, don't rush it too much. Don't rush it too fast. Get that experience in first and, uh, you know, the, that's yeah, that's how I'm seeing some of these guys out here trying to do that, and yeah, and, and I feel it, like they end up pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the final question I'll ask before we get out of here is, um, what influence do you want to bring to your audience at the end of the day before it's all said and done? You know, my audience tends to be a little bit younger. Um, Oh, and they, they tend to start off and, and do the right things. Cause I had a video that came out when I was 13. Uh, it was a project video when I was 13. And, uh, you know, it kind of, like, influenced a lot of people. And that's the thing I want to do at the end of the day. I want to influence people to, uh, you know, be great. And, um, you know, just when you put your mind to things and make sure that it shows, the, the results will show. So I want to just kind of have a little bit of influence and, uh, and bring people to the right path. Nice, that's awesome. Well, uh, I have to say, I appreciate this uh, conversation. We have to do this again. Yeah. And, uh, I hope you smoke your opponent come September. And, uh, you know, you know, all glory to your uh, career. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, do you do you have any final words to say to anybody before we get out of here? You know, just keep focused, keep doing your thing. And, um, you know, there'll be a good fight coming in September. Alrighty. Well, I appreciate it, my brother. And uh, thank you much. But, but, uh, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate it. All right. Same here. Thank you so much. Yep. Take care. Uh, thank you very much. Peace. Alrighty. We are done. Thank you guys for coming through. Salute to the Albanian bear, Rashat Mati, coming out of that Staten Island, New York. And he said it. 
from his own mouth. He will be back in the ring, uh, hopefully by September. So can't wait for that. Uh, that's going to be a very, very interesting uh, 2022 leading into a 2023 out of him. But yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Uh, um, Mati. And uh, uh, can't can't wait to see him. Uh, Ghost, uh, can you show us where you can win this franchise title from? You have to enroll to get it. It's a title which you get the shot at the WBC title as the case when Vlad won. Yeah. Uh, that's why that I didn't want to, like, go any further with that. But then on top of that, like, like, see, but the thing is, is that I already know, like, what people are going to say. But I try not to, like, you know, dive into that a little bit too deep. But I try to, like, you know, try to, like, you know, insert it to say that that's not how it's supposed to be intended. And then people try to, like, run it out to say, well, it is, like, a real title, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> but then again, I try to keep it on topic because, you know, I try to keep everything professional. But Ghost also said Ring Magazine is not a belt. It's not a status you can trace like they say it is. It's not the hardest belt. It's a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're right on point with that, Ghost. You know, like that's why that I was kind of like a little bit confused, you know, with that statement. But either way, uh, I mean, the Ring Magazine doesn't really mean anything. You know, it's just a, you know, lineal status or it's just a magazine you know, promotional belt. That's really what it is. It's not really like a real title. And then Ghost said um, he knows like what he did. Yeah, like you know, like Devin, Devin, Devin did everything correctly to you know to get his title at one thirty-five. So I wasn't gonna go any further to say, well, look, Devin got the title after he beat Zawar Abdulwalev, and then Lomachenko decided to say, okay, I'm not gonna fight you. And then he decided to fight Teofimo Lopez after he vacated the title for Devin. And then Tio took the same franchise belt status where, by the WBC's rules, it is non-transferable. So there should be only one franchise belt per division for one fighter. But for some weird reason, like it seems like almost everybody can have a franchise belt. It doesn't make any damn sense. But it's only given to those that are able to get it so yeah i just find that really really weird and just very confusing why some people try to like mix words for that but either way uh thank you mr monty i appreciate it a uh, great session that i had with them and i'm definitely gonna chop it up with them me and him uh you know like we uh uh like uh like uh talk to each other you know behind closed doors you know like i text him so yeah, um, he's a good person, you know, like I, you know, I enjoyed talking with them and uh, uh, that was a good interview, but please uh, share the video, like, subscribe if you guys haven't, you know, watched this video yet. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Uh, this is Karen Rodriguez signing out and salute to the mighty, mighty LDBC. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. Thank you.